This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Imagine that you were conducting a man-on-the-street interview. You'd stand there and ask people the following question. Which is the least kosher animal for Jews to eat? I think you'd get pretty unanimous responses. A pig. Now, here's something interesting. Kosher animals have to have two signs in order to be considered kosher. One, they have to chew their cud. And two, they have to have split hooves. In other words, they must have both an internal sign and an external sign. If they have both, they're kosher. Cows do, goats do, deer, even bison, even moose. Okay, you get the point. Now, what if an animal has only one of the two signs? Is it, you know, half kosher? Turns out that being half kosher is like being half pregnant. It's not possible. The Torah, interestingly, mentions by name the short list of animals that only have one sign, which makes them non-kosher. Three of them have only the internal sign and not the external one. So these animals chew their cud but do not have split hooves. These are the hare, the camel, and the hyrax. I know quite intimately, by the way, that camels chew their cud. I spent a very memorable night on a Momentum Israel trip sharing a Bedouin tent with a bunch of them, and their chewing was just unforgettable. Also, please don't ask me what a hyrax is. Okay, moving on. There is only one animal, only one animal in the world, says the Torah, And by the way, none others have ever been discovered in thousands of years that only have the external sign, split hooves, but not the internal sign of chewing their cud. And that animal, my friends, is the pig. So why would this half-kosher animal be considered the most non-kosher animal in the world? Isn't it at least more kosher than, like, a horse, which has neither sign? The answer to this riddle is right in the Torah. The Torah tells the story of the evil Esau, twin to the righteous Jacob. Esau's violent and dehumanizing sexual habits were abhorrent. But at the age of 40, he decided to settle down and get married. Why? The Midrash explains, Esau was compared to a pig. This pig, when it lies down, stretches out its hooves as if to say, see, I am a kosher animal. So does Esau rob and plunder and then pretend to be honorable. During the entire 40 years, Esau kidnapped wives from their husbands and violated them. When he was 40 years old, he said, my father married at 40. I too will do the same. So the pig is the metaphor for absolute deceit. Pretending you're something you're not. 
The pig lies in the mud and stretches out its hooves like someone who puts on this fake veneer of goodness. Then they turn around and do whatever suits them. And this fakeness, this hypocrisy and inauthenticity is the most illegitimate and un-Jewish of them all. Being authentic in our culture is very hard. We live in a very image-driven world, a social media culture where we can edit photos for free in mere seconds right in the palms of our hands. How can we teach ourselves to become more real, more authentic? Every now and then, I decide to get real on social media or in an article. I'll share a vulnerable or intimate story or emotion or share a raw and honest reaction to something that's going on in the news. Two things happen almost immediately. One, I get a flurry of positive reactions and feedback with people sharing that my vulnerability and authenticity has helped them enormously. And two, I get what researcher Brene Brown calls a vulnerability hangover. According to Brown, you will almost always have a sick pit of regret in your stomach after getting vulnerable, and that your brain will frame it in the worst way possible. And most importantly, it is no indication at all that you did anything wrong. But we're scared, so scared, to show the world who we really are. And I think I know why. Many of us don't think we are really lovable as we are. We forget that we're made in the image of God, that God created us, warts and all. That he made our flaws so that we could grow and become He loves us and made us perfectly imperfect. Yet, too often, we don't love ourselves. So we're afraid that if we show these flawed and broken selves to the world, we will not be loved. Instead, we have to wave our, like, kosher hooves to the world and say, See? See my external perfect self? Aren't I worthy? Don't look too close, though. Internally, I don't feel kosher. But the real truth is that what usually happens is that when one person is real and authentic, others feel safe to follow their lead. What? You also struggle? You also have doubts and mistakes and insecurities? You too have imposter syndrome? Well, maybe I'm okay after all. See, authenticity breeds authenticity, and vulnerability breeds more vulnerability. Then we allow others to truly know us, and often they will love what they see. No need to pretend we are what we aren't, which aside from being dishonest is exhausting. Over COVID, I noticed that many of my friends decided to grow out their gray hair. These are women who never missed a salon appointment, who always appeared well-groomed and well-coiffed. But in the absence of salons, they had no choice. First, they appeared on Zoom with their baseball caps. Then slowly, the caps came off. The gray came out. What a relief, they said. Why did I even spend all that time and money pretending my hair wasn't gray? I'm going to own my age and be totally authentic about it. 
I applaud this movement wholeheartedly. How exhausting it is to pretend you are what you aren't or you aren't what you are. So if you want to get more authentic, here's an exercise for you. Psychologist Asher Aaron figured out that intimacy can be fostered between strangers by asking each other a series of questions designed for authenticity and vulnerability, getting to know the real person. Here's a sample of the questions, which, by the way, can totally be used with people you already know and love. Note that the questions go from less intimate and therefore easier to answer to more intimate and therefore more difficult to answer. Before making a telephone call, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say? Why? If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? What is your most terrible memory? If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living? Why? How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest saying things that you might not say to someone you've just met. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. When did you last cry in front of another person? By yourself? Tell your partner something that you like about them already. If you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them yet? Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how she or he might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. Are you cringing yet? Trying to figure out how anyone has these kinds of conversations at all, let alone with a total stranger? You're not alone. Most people have a hard time with being truly vulnerable. It's why we put up that facade that we're fine, that everything's fine, that we have it all together. But the lesson of the pig is this. Be integrated, inside and outside. That's the most beautiful way to be. Don't be afraid of your flaws. It's what makes you human and lovable. Love yourself enough to let others know you and they will love you too. This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.